Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to the latest edition of if you are a fan of this show, you know I'm all about the 80s and the 90s. Today's guest, you probably will recognize him from the band Heaven with their huge hit, Knocking on Heaven's Door. But Mitch Perry is a legendary L.A. guitarist. He's been around many, many years and played with more bands than you could ever imagine. So let's welcome Mitch to the show. Mitch, how are you, man? I'm doing good. How about yourself, sir? You know, in this new world, we're doing the best that we can. I mean, how is it in Chicago? Um, you know, it's not so bad. Although we are closed up until the end of May. Now, if you're out in public, you got to wear a mask. But I'm okay with any of that. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't see how anybody with half a brain can have a problem with any of it. <laughs> I mean, you know, not not. I, I can see people having problems with the, the existence of the coronavirus, um, but the things that we have to do to stay, you know, it's like I'm going, wait, all they're asking me to do is stay at home and do nothing? Are you kidding? I've been training for this my whole life. <laughs> you know, I've been sitting in a radio station in a studio by myself for 30 years. I'm okay with this. Yeah, no, I, I get, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the people who complain or, you know, Whatever. Uh, they they obviously live in a different universe than I do. I, I just don't get it. And I don't think we're supposed to get it. It's just, you know, it is what it is. So how is it where you're at? You're out in Los Angeles? Yeah, I, I'm in Hermosa Beach, and, and it's kind of surreal. I mean, because I, I, I'm fortunate enough to have a real nice view of the ocean and and a nice balcony, and it's beautiful here. And, you know, I mean, as long as I don't leave my house, the world's wonderful. Dude, I lived in Hermosa for years, just off the Strand. Oh, awesome. Yeah, well, I'm I'm up on, I'm just above PCH on 7. Oh, pfft. dude, we, we probably met. I bet we probably hung out a couple of times and didn't even know it. I mean, <laughs> where, where'd you hang when you were down here? Oh, man, I was always done on uh, Pure Avenue and stuff. I had a... Uh, a studio over on Redondo Pier. You're kidding. Yeah. I was like, uh, you come out of there and guys would walk out and there there would be the, uh, what, the bicycle cops and stuff. Oh, yeah. Those were the days. Those were the days when I had long hair and I was cool. I don't know what happened. What, what, year, what year was that? Uh, let's see here. I was out there in the late 80s into uh, the 90s and stuff for like 15 years, man. Okay, because I'm going to tell you, it, it's funny. The first time, I, I remember, I, I hung out literally at Redondo, well, not at Redondo Pier. I hung out, actually, I remember the studios. There was a studio, what was the radio station that was up there? But was that KLOS back then? I mean, uh, K-Rock back then? Uh, no, K-Rock was a little further uh, south out of there. I did a, a long gig at KLSX. 
And then every time they would have stuff in Manhattan Beach, Hermosa, uh, KLS was always out there. So Yeah, no, I'm just trying yeah. to remember what it was. I remember yeah. doing a radio interview yep, from yep. one of the little buildings there yep. back in 1985 when I was with Heaven. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, that might have been, you know, back when I was out there. I have to go through all the pictures. You know how everything's all digital? That's I'm telling you. funny, man, yeah. Somewhere along the way, we probably crashed into one another. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, you know, I, I joke. When I see the six degrees of separation, I go, I'm down to one. <laughs> I'm, I'm two people away from anybody <laughs> to talk to. It's the truth. It is is such a. I cannot wait go back to to go back to Los Angeles. Been trying to do it for years, but you know, radio does what you you just go wherever the gigs are. So, yeah. No, tell me. Yeah. I mean, boy, I'm, I'm starting to wonder. You know, not wanting to be pessimistic, but what the hell is coming up with that? Eventually, we will all survive somehow, some way. It's a brand new world. It's just kind of interesting on uh, who will survive this brand new world. Like musicians, how do you cope with being by yourself all the time? Or maybe you're not by yourself. But, well, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, the isolation right now is not the big worrisome point for me. What What becomes the worrisome point for me is music inherently is a live thing mm -hmm. and i don't see live shows coming back oh. anytime in the near future nope. not you know of any kind of big size i mean you know everybody's not saying it you know but the reason yeah you know, the reason nobody's uh Booking anything is nobody knows when anything's going to open or when it's going to be safe. Nobody even really has a clue. Well, it's going to take a vaccine of some sort. That's just my prediction. That's the only way you could do it. You cannot go to, you know, out to UCLA to go see a football game, a Rose Bowl with 100,000 people. You can't do that. You just can't. Yeah. Now, the, the flip side to that is we are going to have a lot of enterprising people who are going to do, and I've already seen it begin to happen, Already doing a lot of uh, amazing things with home recording and, you know, doing remote, you know, sessions and and all that stuff over the net. But, you know, again, for music to really exist for me, it's got to be people playing together. That's the whole magic of it. Sure. Plus, you get the audience. You get to look at their faces and see what the reaction is. Because I would have to suspect that the roar of the crowd is what you get high off of. It's it's that energy coming back at you. It's not just only the roar of the crowd. I mean, you know, it, it, it's a whole vibe they give back. One of the greatest shows I've ever seen live, believe it or not, wasn't a hard rock show. Wasn't It, it was the Gypsy Kings. Seriously, And nice. what was so amazing about that show to me was the energy that they gave off you know, that was coming off the stage was awesome. But it hit the crowd and came back at them double. <laughs> it just wow. kind of, you know, it, it just went back and forth. Like, I could turn around, I'd be watching them in the middle of a song, and I remember going, look, I can turn around with my back to the stage and have as much fun watching the crowd, watching them. It's surreal. It is. It's just so surreal. Now, my favorite concert, or at least the one that I felt that uh, this artist really encapsulated what rock is all about. I saw 
Neil Young during the trans tour. He was by himself. This is before computers, and he was singing along with computers. I'd never seen 15,000 people with one guy just mesmerized before, ever, and still haven't. That's wild. I mean, but he's a genius, you know. I mean, there's no doubt. And he's a real he's a real artist. I mean, you know, when he plays music, it's not, it's from the heart. Yep. It's from the soul. And that's what people connect to, whether you got a band or whether you got a, com- a computer. You know, if, if it's real and if it's from the heart, you know, people are going to love it. But you, I will say this. All the people were there to see that guy that night with the computers. Yep. I'll bet they'd have had twice as much of a good time had there been Crosby, Stills, and Nash instead of the computers. Uh, isn't that unbelievable? And I know that you played with Graham Nash. What was that like? I mean, that's one of my heroes, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Yours and mine. <sighs> I mean, when I first started picking up guitar, it was on my mom's acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. So I was learning songs like by the Beatles, by America, by Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And, you know, that's how I... I started learning Zeppelin songs, all their acoustic stuff, and went, uh, you know, I need to get an electric guitar. <laughs> but um, anyway, I, I lost the plot there. Um, Graham Nash was a huge hero of mine from day one. Sure. Uh, you know, all of CSNY was. Yes. And uh, it turned out my roommate in L.A. at the time was uh, co-producing Daylight Again with uh, CSN. And so I was around the sessions and, you know, got to meet the guys. And when Graham was doing a uh, song for Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Mm -hmm. I got asked uh, to play the guitar solo on it. And it it was was one of the coolest days of my life. I mean, you know, not only because of the obvious getting to play alongside heroes of yours, but Graham was such a gentleman, Mm -hmm. such a nice guy. When, When we were done playing he stuck around and you know we had a long conversation about guitar players and influences and you know it's just you know really really a uh, a great experience for anyone to have especially at the start of their career mm. you know to have that how do you start measuring everybody else that you play with i mean my god you've played with just about everybody even I've had Glenn Hughes on this show a couple of times from deep purple and i i thought i saw that you worked with glenn at one point I did. I, I I worked with Glenn all the way back in 1980. In fact, I left Kevin Dubrow's band to play with Glenn. Jeez. Um, and, I mean, talk about <laughs> the greatest voice of all time. Right. I mean, he, he still sings amazingly. But, you know, at that time, I was still pretty uh, new to what was mm-hmm. going on and and the situ the business situation around what was going on wasn't there. And if I thought, well, you know, a little bit better about it, I might not have done it. But, you know, musically, I was playing with a hero. So with that, with all the people that you've played with, and the list goes on and on. I, I saw Aerosmith, Cher, Lita Ford, you know, goes on and on. Who did you want to be when you first picked up your guitar? You know, I... That's a good question. I don't know that I wanted to be any one person in particular, but I do know that the amount of time I sat staring at that Led Zeppelin poster oh, with yeah. Paige, you know, standing there with the uh, Les Paul hanging at his knees, you know, right. that's what I'm going to do. Right. <laughs> you know, so my, two, my two first guitar heroes were Jimmy Page and Michael Schenker. 
God, could you make it any more difficult for yourself? Jeez. <laughs> Ah, are you kidding? That's that's how you get good. You learn from the best. I mean, you know, playing alongside Michael was definitely that. I mean, I, I he made the biggest change in my playing, uh, probably of anybody I've ever played alongside, just because I got to see through playing with him. You know, up until then, I'm always waiting to find that magic amp that gets you your sound, or the magic pedal, or you know, the right guitar, the right pickups. It's about none of that. <laughs> it's about your hands, and it's about what you put into it. And, you know, I, I picked up Michael's guitar one day, you know, through his rig, and didn't sound anything like near as good as he did. And at that point, I realized it wasn't about equipment. And, uh, I mean, that's a bigger lesson than anything you can learn off a thousand uh, YouTube videos. I would agree with that. Uh, technology will cover up um, the ills of how you sound, how you play. Auto-tuning will take care of a lot of that. It's just, I always thought, if you could play live, if I gave you an acoustic guitar and you could play, I could watch you all night in one of the bars on Hermosa Beach. Those, that's where I hung out every weekend. I just wanted to see the guys play live. I was just astonished. I have none of that talent. None. Zero. Zitch. Well, man, it's too bad you're not out here now because I play every Sunday with pretty much the lineup that you hear on this record. Um I play at the uh, Standing Room, which used to be the old Dana's place. It's it's right, literally, on Hermosa Ave, just right. uh, just about half a block south of uh, Pier Ave. One of my stomping grounds. One of my stomp. See, I need to go back. I go back every uh, three to six months. I do live shows. Obviously, I'm trapped here, but uh, you know, when I get out there, I'm going to have to sit down with you boys. Absolutely, you're welcome anytime. So, tell me about this new track and this new CD. All right, well, this, as I just mentioned, the uh, the band is kind of a combination of people that play with me at, at these live shows on mm -hmm. Sunday, and uh, and I'd written these songs, um, about 70% of it's new, and 30% mm -hmm. and is pretty much stuff that I've had that I still wanted to put on a record, and I'd had them laying around and the band started to sound so good with what we did on Sundays. We decided to go into the studio and cut four of them. And that went so well, we uh, hmm. went back in and cut another five. Uh, and I made the record that you hear now. Um, the band is incredible. Uh, it's Tal Bergman on drums. Bill, uh, he played Billy Idol yep. and uh, yep. Joe Bonamassa. Dan McNay's on bass. He's played with Montrose and Jack uh, Jack Russell's Great White. Um, I've got a bunch of keyboard players on the uh, record. Uh, Ed Roth and Dave Schultz. Ed Roth played with Glenn Hughes, funnily enough, uh, and he plays with Robbie Krieger now. Um, and Dave Schultz plays with Berlin and the Goo Goo Dolls, so on and so on. A great bunch of musicians. Uh, the band plays on this record as a band. We didn't do just drum tracks and then go record bass and then record guitar. Mm -hmm. We made sure that we had the sounds we wanted so we could keep the live bed track of guitar, bass, drums, and keyboard. So every song you hear on the record is a live recording. Um, the only... we added overdubs but we we did it to the track that exists and we also didn't use a click track uh we wanted it to breathe and, and be natural and you know in that way 
I wanted this, the record to kind of go back to sounding organic, like the seventies okay. that I grew up listening to, and and you know I tried to basically do it the same way we would have done it back then. Would have been cheaper too, you know. After having to do overdubs and overdubs and overdubs and yeah. clean more stuff up. Yeah, you know. I mean, the other thing is, I mean, the reason I did it that way is. There's nothing you can't do on Pro Tools nowadays. You can tune up any vocal. You can move any off, you know, mistaken beat. You you can line anything up where you need it. You can, you know, you can play with it however you want. The one thing that you cannot do is hit a button that puts humanness Mm. into the music. And the only way you can get that is by having humans play it at the same time and getting you capture the moment of what happens between everybody and and it's different than laying down tracks one at a time you know i mean no neither is right or wrong i mean both are right for the situation Mm -hmm. depending on what the situation is you know music is just not what i what i remember but that's okay you know you just kind of go with the times and uh Everyone's a little bit different, wants to hear it a little bit differently. So what type of bands do you listen to now? Now that you've got this group together, do any of the new bands kind of influenced you or most recent bands influenced this song, Believe? Not not really. I would say, I mean, if you listen to the, have you heard the record? I have. I have. It's a great American rock, let me tell you. Okay, thank you. I mean, well, then, I mean, you you get an idea of, it's like we were sitting there trying to figure out, we're listening to the songs in the studio, go, man, who do we sound like? Yeah. And, and the re- honest answer is you can't say we sound like anyone. Yet you can go, hey, I hear Humble Pie in that song, I hear the faces in that song, I hear, you know... I hear the Eagles meets Pink Floyd in sure. song. You know, I mean, there's bits and flavors of everything that I was influenced by when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and it's all flavors of, but not really any one artist. And 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 that's kind of what I wanted to accomplish with this record. I wanted it to be a record that people wanted to put on and listen to from the first track to the last track, and. And, you know, take a little musical trip for 45 minutes. See, I heard a little Peter Frampton in there myself. Oh, I, well, humble pie. I mean, I, I won't lie. Uh, I, I loved how he did Jumpin' Jack Flash uh, yep. on his uh, Frampton Comes Alive album. And you can probably hear, I, I basically took that a few <laughs> steps further. But um, I... I I've loved Frampton's playing, and you know, funnily enough, uh, when I uh, was playing with Edgar Winter, we did some shows with him, and he's just as great. You know, or, well, this was a few years ago. Sure, but he was just as great then as he ever was. I mean, one of the best guys I've ever seen. Did we just uh, age ourselves? You know, talk about humble pie and Peter Frampton. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's what. You, you know, Jumping Jack Flash is trying to evoke yeah. that uh, Humble Pie stuff. You know, Keith is kind of playing Steve Marriott. I sing yeah. in the second verse, mm-hmm. you know, and, and everything. And then we have the girls go crazy in the middle. But as I said, that that was just the tip of the hat to Humble Pie because I, I love that stuff. I mean, it's 
Marriott still, for my money, is one of the greatest singers who ever lived. All I know is Peter Frampton just turned 70, and I went, say, what? How is that possible? Yeah. Uh, that means we're, never mind. That means we're 42. We keep telling everybody we're 42, and we stay at that number. Exactly. Clock now, stopped working at. Yeah, we just picked the time. If the ladies can do it, so can we. So can we. <laughs> Now this new song, "Believe." What is that? What is that really about? I was trying to just listen to the lyrics as you're singing them, and I just kind of—I was just playing my childhood and stuff through my head. Okay, well, you know, obviously, even though the video is uh, cut towards our current situation mm-hmm. with the uh, coronavirus, it had nothing to do with that originally. Um, but that's. Because the reason it works is because that was what the song was intended to be. I wanted it's called "Believe," and that's the message of the song. Now, what you're believing in could be anything. Mm-hmm. That is going to be a, be a happy ending to the coronavirus, okay. you know, or that'll get better. You mm-hmm. got to believe it's going to be that. Um, if you're going on a job interview that you need got to believe it's going to happen if you're waiting for your stimulus check to arrive you got to believe (laughs) that's terrible that's bad but i like it i really like it (laughs) yeah but you know and and this is the thing and and when i write songs kind of i don't they kind of come to me i can almost hear it when Mm -hmm. you know as i'm banging on the guitar you know, I hear the chorus, and I hear, if not the exact words, I hear the vowels, and then I start chiseling around that. And and that chorus came to me, like, in a blink of an eye. And so I kind of kept the verses to, you know, kind of be ambiguous. Um, if you want to look at it, it could be the old stereotypical bands out in the road, miss my chick, you know. It could be that, but it's not really what it was. And and, and it's meant to uh, be so the listener can insert themselves in that song, and hopefully they'll uh, they feel better by the end of it. That's what hit songs are written all about, that we can put ourselves into the song. Ah, well, then hopefully it will be a hit. Now, behind that, um, do you have a CD that's going to be following up with this track? But Yeah, the, the CD is you know, coming out. I mean, we weren't ready to put this out, uh, but I did so because of the uh, the video that we were able to cut for it. Okay. Um, but the record is out. It's uh, it's not available in hard copy yet because uh, okay. our pressing plant just opened up again yesterday, funnily enough. Uh, but you can get the record on iTunes and Amazon.com. So, oh, you know, it's, it's a full record uh, called Music Box, and, and it will be out as soon as the uh, machinery starts working. And with that, are you like most artists and starting to play online and do some streaming? And if so, where can they go to go see you play? You know, we, we have, at this point, we're, we're, you know, go to, you know, our YouTube, uh, Mitch Perry Group, and, you know, please subscribe to it too. But, um you know, we're, we're putting videos up and everything. We haven't done any live streaming because we weren't really planning for this. So I don't really have, I, I could do stuff, you know, obviously by myself here, but linking up with other people, I, you know, not to the quality that I want to get the stuff done. Sure. But if I, uh, if I invited you back, would you play by yourself, do a little solo, a couple of songs? 
Absolutely would, anytime. Yeah, that would be awesome. That way you could you could see how badly I sing. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't sing. <laughs> we don't need any of that. Radio guys should not be singing. There's a reason why we sit in a dark corner, dusty room. Well, wait a minute. There are a lot of great singers who are <laughs> becoming great radio guys now. <laughs> and vice versa. See, all radio guys want to be in a band, right? And now all these guitarists and all these singers have radio shows. I... There's no room for you guys. Get out. Get out. Guys in a band. That's because the guys in the band finally figured out you needed a job. (laughs) (laughs) My man, it is an absolute pleasure. What is your website? Let's make sure everybody follows you on the social media as well. That's MitchPerry.com. Fantastic. Mitch, you are always welcome back. Here is his new track, Believe. You are listening to The Blend. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.